Welcome to the Jack and John podcast. I'm Jack. And I'm John. And we're on a mission. To help you focus on Christ. Yeah, we're just pounding the book of Mark here uh, <laughs> because, you know, like we said last time, this is the action adventure gospel. Absolutely. Um, because Mark doesn't pull any punches. He gets right to it. It's the shortest gospel. And, and he keeps boom, going. He and keeps he keeps going. going. He keeps going. It's, yeah, you can't stop and no. breathe when you're going through <laughs> this one. So we ended uh, last time with Jesus healing the man in the synagogue on the Sabbath with the withered hand and the Pharisees. Pharisees are boiling, and they go seek out the Herodians to plot against him how to destroy him. So Jesus isn't ready to be destroyed yet because his time hasn't come. So we'll go on, Mark chapter 3, verse 7. I'll just read a little bit, and then we'll get right into it. Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the sea, and a great crowd followed from Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem and Idumea and from beyond the Jordan and from around Tyre and Sidon. It's like, okay. And he's drawing them in now. They're coming from everywhere, yeah. folks. Um, <laughs> when the great crowd heard all that he was doing, they came to him. And he told his disciples to have a boat ready <laughs> because of the crowd. I Lest, think you're getting the idea. That's this. right. Yeah. Lest they crush him. For he there you had, go. You know, for he had healed many. I mean, and especially, I mean, you know, it's like the paralytics are cutting through the roof to come <laughs> see you. You know, people are going to knock other people down to come get to you. Well, yeah, and that's so, the nature of people. Right. So they're, they're right. And bashing people. So, for he'd healed many so that all who all had diseases, who, all, all who, who had diseases pressed around him to touch him. And whenever the unclean spirits saw him, they fell down before him and cried out, you are the son of God. So you got demons falling down, crying out. You got people pushing, pressing in, trying to touch you. This is like mass hysteria almost. Oh, yeah. I think sometimes... You know, when you see an image of, of what's going on, Jesus is standing there quietly and everyone's sitting there <laughs> politely and quietly. There ain't no politeness here. This is just, I got to get to him. I got to touch him, right? I'm just picturing the guys like, man, I was fine when I got here, but now I need to have him heal my ankle and my shoulder. <laughs> the crowd is pressing. Anyway. But look, it's interesting that the boat, you know, to get that boat, because if you get the boat, then you can push out into the water a little bit. And it was a natural amphitheater there. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, the sound would carry across the water. So it was good for his teaching. But it was also to get away from people, yeah. to get a little, a little, uh, what do you call that? A buffer. Buffer. They need a little bit of buffer from it. You know, it's, it's amazing because today you can't get people to be quiet like anywhere. And so like we got loudspeakers and so right. they don't have to, you know, it's, so somebody uh, is trying to speak at an event. Well, there's always somebody. It's like, hey, dude, what, what's that lady doing over there? Oh, you know, I just thought of something that happened to me one time. Yeah. When I used to travel in the group I was traveling in. Yeah. Uh, my mom was the, the, the um, director of the Chamber of Commerce. So she had our group one time sing at a political rally. Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> that is the worst. That's the worst because nobody there even cares. They don't care and they just want to talk, yeah. uh, you know, about themselves. Yeah. And um, 
we were we were like entertaining performance. So we're there. And so I'm turning up the volume, uh, and eventually somebody comes up and says, "Can you guys turn uh, it down? Could you guys turn that down? Like we can't we hear can't each other talk. talk out here." And I said, "I'll turn it down." And I went to the on-off switch. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's my experience of being in a place where there's so much clamor you can't. But here's Jesus. He's got no loudspeaker. No. He's got no loudspeaker. Um, but these people wanted to hear him. Mm. And so I, I imagine that anybody is trying to whisper when somebody else is trying to hear, it's like, you're going to need healing if you don't <laughs> shut up. It's like, it's going to need to heal your ribs. You know, it's going to need to heal your jaw. <laughs> uh, but so, yeah, somehow. You know, Have what, you ever been in church worshiping and had somebody behind you oh. catching up? <laughs> mm. Oh, my mom was, she was notorious for that stuff. You need to stop talking right now. She would tell the people. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, she would She would tell them. I just kind of squirm and wiggle. You know, but it's it's one of the reasons why a lot of times I like to sit up front at church. It's not because I want to be seen. It's because I get so easily distracted yeah. that, I, you know, I want to get all that stuff behind me. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. But, the, but you know what? It, worse than somebody talking during the sermon to me is when people are talking during the worship, mm-hmm. during yeah, the music. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. That drives me nuts. Because they have to talk loud because the, oh, yeah. the singing is a little louder. Yeah. But it's like, part of me is one like, hey, you know, Jesus is in the yeah. room. Yeah. You know? Hey, you know, we're worshiping <laughs> God now. <laughs> so, so I'm anyway. just trying to picture people being able to hear him in this environment. You know, um, all right. And he strictly ordered the demons, the unclean spirits to not make him known. So in verse 13, and he went up on the mountain and called to him those whom he desired. And when they came to him and they came to him, he appointed 12 whom he also named apostles so that they might be with him and might send them out to preach and have authority to cast out demons. John, am I throw this in yeah. before we go too much further. It's interesting that it says, and he went up on the mountain. And I think this was another getting away from mm-hmm. the crowds. It's like, go to a high place, you know, pull away. And I think not only to, I think to kind of get his head together. Think about it. I know sure. he's Jesus, you know, but he's also the son of man. And uh, it made him tired I believe to heal when the woman with the issue of blood touches the hem of the garment of Christ. Jesus says, I felt a power leave my body. I don't know if that means that every time he healed someone, he felt power leave his body, but he did have a fleshly body and he needed to sleep and he needed to rest. And I think what he had to do here with this uh, clamor that we're talking about with this great crowd and these demons and the noise and the pushing and the clamoring and and the, the asking from, for J- something from Jesus, we get him now pulling, pulling his closer people to him and getting closer to God in solitude. Well, the other thing he's doing is he's multiplying his ministry. He is. Because, he is. you know, Jesus... In the flesh, it was basically in one place at a time. So he's getting help. Yeah, he's in one yeah. place at a time. And he's getting ready to send them out right. to do ministry. And not only that, he's giving them authority. 
He's giving them authority. It says that, uh, and have authority to cast out demons. And he appointed the twelve, Simon, to whom he'd given, given the name Peter, James, the son of De- Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, to whom he gave the name uh, Boanerges, or sons of thunder, um, and uh or, or sons of energy. That's another way <laughs> yeah. to interpret that. Andrew and Philip and Bartholomew and Matthew and Thomas. Interesting here. Uh, you know, earlier Mark calls him Levi. Here he calls him Matthew. Um, and James, the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus and Simon the Zealot and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. Oh, we have our first commentary. There you go. First commentary. <laughs> yeah. Then he went home and the crowd gathered again <laughs> so that they could not even eat. Can you imagine? They couldn't even eat. <laughs> no, I, I have to draw the line they there. Got, you got to be in pretty tight if I can't fit a sandwich to my mouth. <laughs> you know, I'm going to I'm going to mention the chosen here. There's a, there's a great uh, episode of the chosen where Jesus is working with uh, James and John and uh, he sends them to plow a field uh, in Samaria. And they have no idea why they're, why they're plowing this field. And what they're doing is they're plowing it for a Samaritan. Uh-huh. Right? And uh, while they're there, they get spit at and things thrown at them from Samaritans. And so in The Chosen is portrayed that they say, call down fire from heaven. And, uh, you know, and he had mentioned to them that he was going to give them the same authority that he had. And they're seeing him do these miraculous things. And they're thinking, ooh, I'm going to have this authority to do these miraculous things. And Jesus says, I think this is what they're picking up from right here. Uh, Not as soon as you think will you get this power, because you're not ready yet, in other words. And uh, it's interesting that he calls... They had burning villages all over the place. Yeah, call down fire from him. And anytime someone bothers me, and burn them off the face of the earth. And uh, so he was giving them uh, power to minister and to preach and to heal. And uh, I think we need to do that from a spirit of uh, humility. Right. And certainly not from a right a spirit of you deserve it or don't deserve it, right? Right. Because none of us none of deserve us it. Right. You know. So if you remember that, then you'll stay humble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and when his family heard it, they went out to seize him, for they were saying, he is out of his mind. <laughs> Even Jesus' family. Um, and the scribes who and came that's kind of sad when right. you think about it, because actually, what, what does it do to you if you're trying to minister, you're trying to serve, you're getting kickback mm-hmm. from the people that you're trying to minister to, or you've got people, you know, following you around, the hecklers, and then lo and behold, your family doesn't get it. Right. And they come and try to do the very thing that would... Uh, honestly would be what the devil would love for him to do. Stop doing this and just come home and rest with us, stay with us. Interesting, very, very interesting, the pressure that would put on him, Mm -hmm. just not understanding who he was and what his ministry was. You know, it's stuff like that that makes me think about the first 30 years, you know, before Jesus started his ministry. 
It's like, what would that, what, what must have that been like? You know, what was it like for him to hold all of this stuff kind of inside, yeah. you know, you know, it, it's, it's a mystery. And, uh, it's a mystery. that just, I marvel at that, yeah. you know, um, it, now, do you know what the reason was he waited till he was 30, 30 before he began his ministry? That was basically the age at which people would become a rabbi. Uh. Yeah. Which seems really young to me now, you know, but when I was a kid, I'm like, oh, 30 years old. Well, I mean, they were they were memorizing the first oh, yeah. Bert books by the time right. they were 13. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we're going to press on here. Verse uh, 22 of chapter 3. And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem were saying, He is possessed by Beelzebul. The and, devil. Yeah, right. And by the prince of demons, he casts out the demons. <laughs> so by the prince of demons, he casts out the demons. Okay. <laughs> and he called them to him and said to them in parables, How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. That's the verse that uh, Abraham Lincoln quoted, by the way. Um, and if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but is coming to an end. So right there it says that he began to speak with them through parables. I will tell you yeah. a simple explanation of why and what a parable is. A parable is simply an earthly story that has one spiritual application. And he's going to tell them an earthly story, and then he's going to make a spiritual application of it. The other thing that parables did was it revealed information to the believers, but it veiled information from non-believers. Right. Unbelievers didn't understand what he was saying. Believers, once they got how you look at these parables, learned more. Right. And so that's really, that's it. Did, Mike, did you do that parable? Mike's, Mike's our tech. And he's been going through uh, the parables in the devotion time at Mount Gilead. And I would say a little plug here, go back uh, on Mount Gilead's website and go through those devotions over the last three or four months because Mike does an amazing job of teaching through the parables and it's really good. But this is where he starts it in Mark and he starts it by saying, oh, come on, you know, you don't, you know, somebody Mike's in not there. even on camera and he's blushing. Yeah, oh, I just, no, I just no, think people I'm need to understand. Truth. No, I know. But it's like people can't see him, but he's still blushing. So he, no. He, no, it's good work. It's great work. It's great work. So it just reminds me because it's just what he's been doing. And here's the parable starting. And he's saying that if Satan has risen up against himself, his house can't stand. There's the parable. It's a house parable. You know, so how can you say that? But it's worse than that, isn't it, John? Right. What, what, what they're saying to him when they call they're him or him put him devil. in league with the devil. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's uh, the worst. So I'm going to skip down. It says, truly, I say to you, all sins will be forgiven, the children of man and whatever blasphemies they utter. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin. For they were saying he has an unclean spirit. Um, 
you've heard a lot of people talk about blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, and people are like, well, what, what does that mean? You know, there's even some stuff on YouTube where young people will say, I blaspheme the Holy Spirit. Yeah, you don't want to say that. Well, yeah, but here's the thing. When you say that, you're not blaspheming the no, Holy Spirit, okay? No. You're just saying it in ignorance because— Oh, you're saying they said it. Right, they say that. I'm blaspheming. Okay. Right, they'll say it. Um, the reason why Jesus is doing this right now is because the Pharisees know that he's the Son of Man. They know he's the Son of God because the Holy Spirit has spoken to them. He knows their hearts. We don't, okay? We're, we're not wired that way. But Jesus knows their hearts. And when they say that he's casting out Satan by, by the power of Satan, they know that's not true. Right. They're saying he has an unclean spirit. They know that he has the Spirit of God, and they're blaspheming the Holy Spirit. And I would say that Satan represents the total antithesis of God. And so if God is truth and love, then Satan is falsehood, lie, and hate. Right. And the Bible says that Satan is the father of lies, and it says that he hates us and he wants to destroy us. So basically, what is the opposite of, sal of salvation? How are you saved? Through faith. What is the opposite of faith? Is total unbelief. So that's what I think that that's saying. To simplify that a little bit for you, um, to blaspheme the Holy Spirit would also be to die in total unbelief. It, it's not. There's a difference between unbelief yeah. and disbelief. Disbelief. Unbelief is not knowing. Mm -mm, right. That's Dis just ignorance. That's disbelief not. is knowing and, and, not, choosing. and not believing. Right. That's disbelief. Right. And oh. that's that's what he's talking about here. Yeah. You know, ignorance, you know, God God has forgiven ignorance for a long, 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 long time. Okay. But knowing and still ignoring, that's no longer ignorance. Yeah. You know what I used to say? To be ignorance, not that bad. It's just not to know. Right. But to be content to be ignorant, stupid. Uh-huh. Yeah. Once you've been enlightened and to stay ignorant is stupid. That's stupid. But it's interesting that we get Jesus' mother and brothers back again at the end of the chapter. Yeah. Into the chapter, his mothers and brothers came and standing outside, they sent to him and called him. And a crowd was sitting around him and they said to him, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. Okay. So they're, what are they wanting? Well, it says up here, you know, that his family, his family heard it. They went out to seize him. And they were saying he is out of his mind. And now they're there to seize him. And Jesus says, who are my mother and my brothers? And looking about at those who sat around him, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. There's the family of God. There's the kingdom of God right there. Because when you're in the kingdom, you're a part of the family of God. You're a part of Christ. He's your brother and you're my brother. And it is a family. You belong. Right. Totally belong. You belong. If you haven't watched our episode <clears throat> uh, where we interviewed Stephanie 
from grit into grace. And I apologize Jeffers. for Stephanie Jeffers. Jeffers. I apologize for not remembering the number of the episode right now. I'll put it in the show notes, but um, you need to watch that because that whole thing is about belonging. Absolutely. The sign inside the dream house. Uh, says, By the way, this is women who have been in the either the sex industry or been traffic, sex trafficking. Right, right. Yeah, their their mission is to make them feel like they belong and to love them and to help them come out of that life and get them into a life of healing and recovery. And I love it that the first thing you see when you walk in that door is a sign with the address 859 and it just says, you belong. You belong. You belong. Because... Folks, this story is telling us that the only outcasts are the ones who know and still reject him. Right. There are no outcasts with Jesus. Amen. No rejects. Right. No rejects. I don't care what disease you're carrying in your heart. He's got a healing for it. And that's what he wants to do. He came to seek and to save that which is lost. Amen. Amen. And that's all of us. So anyway, Jack, I, I love, love, love doing this with, with you. I, I, I love diving into the Book of Mark. Um, I hope you guys stay with us through this whole thing. Um, we truly are on an adventure of faith and uh, hope to see you next time. Thanks for joining us.